This is Taking the World by Stormy with Stormy Daniels and co-host Dwayne Crawford. Continue listening at your own risk. I am Stormy Daniels, and you are listening to Taking the World by Stormy, my podcast that's going to get me in a lot of trouble eventually, with my co-host, Mr. Dwayne Crawford. Hello. Who has uh, been on tour with me for a couple weeks now and has now driven me to, uh, well, not driven, he doesn't actually drive the bus. He does everything but drive the bus. It's a terrible thought. It is. I can drive the bus. Okay. That's a terrible thought, too. Fuck off. <laughs> but uh, we're somewhere here in Wisconsin. Lacrosse. Yes. And I'm not sure why, but we're here. Because lacrosse is fantastic. It's Oktoberfest weekend. And anyone that knows anything about Oktoberfest knows that they have the best Oktoberfest in the fucking country. Let me rephrase this. Anybody who knows anything about Dwayne knows that he likes beer. And Oktoberfest has beer and wieners. And I'm not saying that you like wieners. I'm just saying, you know, deductive reasoning. People can draw their own conclusions on that one. Damn. All right. (laughs) Well, fuck. I'm done. I'm out of here. So, welcome (laughs) to listening to Taking the World by Stormy with me, Stormy Daniels, and my new co-host, Egypt. (laughs) Hi, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, I've been on this, uh, I've been on tour for a couple weeks, and for those that don't know, I actually travel on a bus because it's way easier because I have to bring so much stuff with me and my dog and all my costumes. But it's basically a, a rolling box with six dudes in it, and I have learned more about poop than I've ever, ever wanted to know. And, uh, like, for instance, these guys are very regular, and we have to make frequent stops, and uh, Egypt has to have very special toilet paper, because although he's a big, tough guy, he uh, must have a very sensitive bottom. (laughs) He's just looking at me like, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) But anyway, speaking of shit, Columbus, Ohio, y'all. Yes. Fuck you, pay me. Love it. Yeah. So uh, we knew that we had a really strong case, and my legal team are amazing, headed up by, obviously, Clark Brewster and my local counsel, Chase Mallory, um, who was on the ground mobilized when I went to, to jail that night and they've been working on the case ever since and it was a false arrest from the beginning because uh, the law which I knew because I am a feature dancer and Dwayne and I always figure out the rules and regulations at every club before we go to them I knew that I wasn't breaking the law unless it was a law that had literally very recently changed but we did do due diligence and ask the club is there anything we need to know of course they said no so when the officers the undercover cops, you know, came to arrest me. I knew that I had a, well, I didn't know, but I was very strongly felt like it was not legit. And I knew something was weird when they brought me, when they actually like arrested me and brought me in. Because even if I had broken the law, it's a fucking misdemeanor. And every other girl that's ever been charged with that got a summons in the mail several months later. <laughs> there weren't even, they weren't even ticketed on site. Much less were they actually arrested, brought to jail, processed, fingerprinted, mugshots, all that thing. I didn't find out until during the actual mediation a couple days ago that the other two girls that were, were uh, arrested the same night that I was weren't actually arrested. They were brought into the first jail, like the, the drunk tank kind of thing. And right. I just assumed that they went on to the jail that I went to where I was actually processed and admitted and... No, they let him go. They let him walk out of the first jail. Are you serious? I swear to God. I didn't know that until I was sitting in mediation. I had no idea this whole time. Yep. I, I mean, it's still awful that they had to go through any of that. Yeah. This whole time, like, I felt terrible for these girls thinking that they had to go through the same shit that you did. Not maybe even. on a less aggressive 
level right. because obviously you know those guys just had it out for you but well yeah god I, damn and i still feel really bad for them because everybody already knows who i am i mean the biggest the the worst thing that happened to them was that their names are released yeah and put in the paper and their family found out that they were strippers and you know they print their addresses and whatever but yeah they weren't fingerprinted they didn't have mugshots taken they weren't actually they didn't actually get arrest like charges pressed they just got brought in released and then given a, a ticket, they got mailed a summons. Wow, which that's... is what it's supposed to be, because it's not that big of a deal. But yeah, I was the only one that they actually held and like did all the things that they do to criminals, and you that's know, terrible. They had a doctor come in and examine me and want to give me a pregnancy test and an STD test, and I was like, "How long am I staying? I'm going to be here long enough to give birth if I'm pregnant? Like, what the fuck?" But no, I think they're efficient for something to release to the press, because what if one of those things came back positive? I'm right. sure that it would have gotten leaked. Oh, of course. Accidentally leaked. Yeah. So, yeah, the whole thing was a setup, and obviously they had the communications amongst the officers and the, or the vice squad, which is now completely disbanded, thanks to me. Columbus, Ohio's vice unit is gone, because they were some shady motherfuckers to begin with, and they already had complaints against them. But they have emails back and forth where they were talking about how they were going to arrest me two weeks before I came to town. Before I either did or didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And how the guy didn't take his mask off when we asked him to when we were being arrested. And then changed his clothes, put, like, pajamas on, and came and talked to me in the van once we were at the police station and never told me he was the same dude. He was trying to pretend he was the good guy. He was playing good cop, bad cop with himself. Yeah, that's just shady as fuck. I'm kind of impressed. I'd be impressed if I weren't so fucking angry about it. Well, $450,000 makes me significantly less angry. Yeah. Yeah. We can let it slide. Yeah. And they're all going to be indicted, and I look forward to going back to court. And it, and most it, of them lost their jobs. That's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. Uh, I bet before it's over with, they all do. Good. I bet they all do. But the sad part is that it... It took this, and it took another sex worker getting shot and murdered a couple weeks later by the vice unit, uh, and just a whole bunch of other stuff that you can find online, and I don't want to say the wrong thing in case I'm not quite right, but the the other tipping point is that during the mediation, they were offering me such a small amount of money because they argued that they this is their actual argument at the like in the meetings the other day. They argued that they shouldn't have to pay me because they did me a favor. Because it made me more famous and I got more money and bookings out of it. I shit you not. And I was like, oh. No, my work Im immediately fell off because no strip club owner or dancer wants to book somebody who may have cops show up. Yeah. Like, that's not a thing. Like, I lost a ton of work. I lost the money from that night and the night after. And club owners were scared to book me because they were afraid that other cities were going to send vice units in. And I was denied entry to Canada based on that Columbus article coming up in the thing, and that cost me $30,000 right there. Yeah. So come again. And then uh, to take it one step further, I dropped you know, I dropped the bomb on them, which is what made them basically say, yeah, we'll meet you halfway where you want to be, is because that arrest was the reason that uh, my ex and the state of Texas gave him a restraining order and took my daughter because they thought I was a prostitute or whatever and my ex-husband was able to go probably while I was still in jail to a local podunk fucking piece of shit judge in backwoods Trump supporting Texas fuck you uh, and get a restraining order without even doing any sort of research and I was kept away from my daughter for several weeks yeah and so as soon as they found that out they were like oh shit <laughs> It's amazing that they actually tried to convince you and other people that they did you a favor. Yeah, no, that was, I, I fucking I'm I almost floored. had assault charges at that moment when they said that. And then uh. but the biggest shocking thing was that when I found out that the other girls hadn't actually even been arrested. It was literally just me. Yeah. And I'm the one who didn't break the law at all. It was it was just for show. Yep. But I mean the girls didn't break the law either. Like what one girl Someone smacked her on the ass or something? Well, yes. Technically, she broke the law because the law is shitty. 
Yeah. The okay. law was written to victim shame, and they're re- they're fixing all that now. But technically, and I'm not I'm not supporting her arrest or saying that she did anything wrong. But technically speaking, she did break the law, be- because the law is dumb. Yeah. But the law didn't apply to me because I wasn't an employee. I was a guest star. Right. So, I broke the law the least. Right. And I was the only one that got prosecuted. Yeah. Well. Whatever. I wasn't actually prosecuted. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Columbus. Yes. We'll be sure to buy something nice. <laughs> buy myself some new diamond earrings since <laughs> I didn't get mine back. Fucking thieves. Well, I got one back. And uh, there's nothing I can do about it because I signed the papers saying I got my stuff back. Yeah. But I didn't open the envelope, obviously, till Of course. Until I was in the car and going through all my stuff because I just wanted to get the fuck out of there. Because that's exactly what's on your mind when yeah, you're after leaving. Being, yeah, after being, being up all night yeah. at 8 o'clock in the morning, crawling on my hands and knees out out of the back door of the jail because all the press is outside and you guys pull up in the car and I jump in and we speed off. Like, that's what I'm thinking about as I'm, you know, crawling as fast as I can across the parking lot. Guys, we can't leave yet. I've got to make sure all my shit's in here. Yeah, no, fuck that. I'm out. Yeah, good times. Well, whatever. They got theirs. Fuck you, Columbus. Uh, Oh, I want to know. I want to know what's up with this. Um. Instagram thing because I keep getting all the on my phone, which is bad. I know, but apparently Instagram has blocked my name, so you can't comment or tag me in anything. And I just got two more, two more people screenshot and say that their comments blocked. It says your comment cannot be posted because we restrict certain content and actions to protect our community. So apparently I'm that offensive now that people can't even comment. On Instagram my stuff. needs to get their shit together. You need to call Ohio. Instagram and find out what happens. But actually, I opened my phone because I was going to read some of these questions. Yes. So we're going to answer some of these questions. And some of you people are fucking weird. But if you have a question that you want to ask us, you can either tweet it with the hashtag taking the world by stormy, or you can email them to questions at taking the world by stormy.com. And so some of these are kind of funny and easy, but some of them are going to be more complicated. Um, the first one is, uh, would you host an, an impeachment proceeding? I don't think I have that kind of authority, but I would definitely, well, I am going to host an impeachment party. Of course. Yes. Um, what are your thoughts on unionizing of adult film performers as well as the rise of sites like Minivis, et cetera? Are they helpful or more like the gig economy? Um, I think Minivis and like Clips for Sale and the webcamming sites are good because they give the performers more control and they can they get a larger amount of the money they can set their own hours and do whatever they want to do and the biggest reason why I think camming and making your own clips and stuff like that and being your own producer is so cool is the safety factor you know yeah like, for sure um, webcamming is a lot safer than even stripping because no one's going to follow you home. You know, there, no one's oh, going to yeah. grab you. Um, you're never under any pressure to do something you don't want to do. Um, I'm all about anything that gives the power of choice to the people actually in the content. For sure. Um, as far as unionizing, it is the adult business has tried to do that many times. And in theory, it's a good idea. But just to be perfectly blunt, <laughs> they can't seem to get their shit together. Sounds about um, right. It says, as a director, has anything happened on set that so broke up the cast that you had to delay or stop production for the day? If so, what was it? Um, Something almost did. We had a disruption, but it didn't stop production for the day. And that's, you know, I think we talked about this in the first podcast with Michael Vegas. It was the day that um, Tasha Rain, because I don't give a fuck and I'll say her name, falsely accused one of my lighting guys of sexually harassing her, even though there were like 10 or 12 people in the room and we all saw it. I was standing you know, 12, 12 feet away. And she cried me too. And all this stuff, although strangely enough, when she said it happened, she was not so distraught that she didn't turn in an amazing sex scene and wait until she was done. So she could get her paycheck before coming to me with those big crocodile tears about how he, she had been violated. And I had to stand up for my employee or my crew guy who's worked for me for several years, which was the only guy on set that she didn't know. So what a coincidence she picked him. And 
you know, through her tantrum, which she's known has been known to do on several other sets and accused other performers and men of, you know, of being improper with her and they weren't. And she calls a big shit show. And, um, obviously he kept his job because everybody stood up for him. It's amazing how she had one version of the story and literally every other single person on set, including other women, uh, said that it didn't happen the way that it did. She likes attention. She likes a lot of attention. Tasha needs a lot of attention. And she found a reporter from the Daily Beast to back her up. And, of course, I was all over the headlines at the time. So it ran with, you know, Stormy Daniels doesn't protect female talent. Although I've been a director for over 15 years and have directed over 100 movies and have never had a single problem on set. And there are lots of girls in the business who don't like me but have worked for me and will tell you that that as a director I treat my talent fairly. And it was just bullshit that she tried to ruin my reputation. And most importantly, ruin the reputation of this man. Like, you know, his wife called me and was like, what's going on? You know, he has daughters. Like, this is somebody who would not do that. It's a very scary climate for men, in my opinion, that some chick can just be like, he did this, even if it wasn't even remotely true. And everybody takes it and runs with it. And I just saw, you know, uh, that Wicked has now implemented uh, sexual harassment on, on set policy, which I think is great, except that she's being credited with this. And so the whole thing just makes me want to vomit because they did something really good, but it's based on some bitch making up a story about a guy doing something to her that's not true. And so it tarnishes the whole good thing behind it, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm climbing down off my soapbox now, and I would like (laughs) to throw it at her head. Oh, man. Shall I take another question? (laughs) Yes, let's let's move on. (laughs) Good question, though. Fantastic. Yeah. Even better. Oh, you know what? I actually have another lighter, lighter answer to that question. Yes, there was something that happened on a set I was on one time that stalled a production. Um, we were doing uh, fire. Uh, it was a set that was built to look like hell, and we had a pyro guy in and everything, and we had, um, like the the lines with propane in them and the fire, and it got too hot, and we set off the sprinklers in the house. Yes. Yeah, so... Did you know... Was this a rented location? Of course or was it this, was. was this someone that you knew? No, no, we rent all of our locations. You know, everything's above board. We have insurance and um, well, right. shooting I, permits or whatever. But I don't know who ran faster, the girls who didn't want to get their hair extensions wet or the guys covering up the camera gear. I know exactly who ran quicker. The girls. No, fuck that. <laughs> you should see me in a situation where rain is coming. Yeah, it was it was a big deal. I am a fucking ninja when it comes to that shit. Um, let's see. Financially motivated to save my ass. <laughs> What's your biggest piece of industry or business advice you wish your past self had known? Um, I wish that I had trademarked uh, my name maybe a little bit sooner. Although, um, I didn't have a really big problem with trademarking Stormy Daniels. When I first got in the business, I was just Stormy. I didn't have a last name. And I was denied the trademark on that. Actually, you know what? I think I didn't even try to get it because I'm not stupid. But um, you can't trademark Stormy because it's so many things, which is why I didn't go right. with, like, Stormy Skies or Stormy Waters or because it's a thing. You can't you can't trademark that. Right. Um, but my best p- piece of business advice to somebody is – you know, make sure you get your domain names and all the like alternative spellings or whatever, the dot net or whatever, and make sure you trademark your name. That I did kind of make a bad decision. I had to fight uh, to get Club Stormy back from Jenna Jameson, who registered it, and it was kind of a thing for a little bit. She was my, her company ran my site, but they never sent me any money, and I found out like a bunch of other girls were displeased, and it was just a thing. So, Make sure you have control over your name, your domain names, all your social media handles, and don't sign any contracts without getting an attorney to look at it. Yeah, buy your domains immediately. Um. <laughs> when are you running for Congress? I've set aside some money for your campaign in lieu of tipping at the club. Um, I'm never going to run for Congress, so get your ass to the club and make it rain, bitch. Ooh. <laughs> Here's another. This is a pretty good one too. If the adult industry paid its talent in the same way that the Hollywood, the same way Hollywood does with residual pay for an actor's appearance in the scene, how would that affect the adult film industry? 
Um, I'm going to give you the brutally honest and sad answer first, and that's that the adult film industry would go out of business. And that's just because the companies have such little money now that they wouldn't be able to afford the record-keeping involved of keeping track of residuals because so many more adult movies are made than mainstream movies. You know, um, for instance, Wicked Pictures was is, makes anywhere between four and seven movies a month. So keeping track of all that, it, it's a lot more than, you know, a company like Paramount or something that doesn't have that many in production and has a bigger budget to hire people to keep track. So just the, the behind, like the post-production record keeping would put them out of business. Not to mention that because of piracy and intellectual property being stolen, they literally couldn't afford to pay the girls um, residuals. Uh, on the upside, as a performer, because that was my answer sort of as a producer and director and just a, you know, Right. Realist, as a performer in the adult business, as, as an actress, um, I think it would be fantastic. It would definitely make the quality of the films better because the talent would care better. Because if you show up and you get a thousand dollars for the scene, and I'm just you know making up a, a number, and you get a thousand dollars for the scene, you're going to get that whether the movie is great or not because they're going to pay you. Usually, it's same day pay. But if you know that you're going to continue to get royalties based on how well the movie does and how the reviewers go and how high up the charts it goes, I think that people would turn in way better performances because they want their movies and their scenes to outperform the others. And it would would create this internal competition that eventually would shake out. You know, I I wish – I have a hard time thinking that it would make a huge difference coming from a music industry background because – you know, they do get residuals for everything that they're doing. And uh, it, you think it would inspire people to make better music? There are a lot of shitty bands out there putting out albums. Yeah, I guess I'm just wishful thinking. <laughs> but I do think people would show up to work and be happier about being there if they thought that they were going to oh, get... Oh, of course. A, if they, the thing about having residuals is that you feel like you you own a piece of the product. For sure. And people always want to well not always i'm giving humans way too much credit right now hopefully generally speaking people want to be a part of something that they're proud of if that makes sense no totally uh hang on this is a horse question do you think america should protect its wild mustangs i read that they might become diminished just diminished that's a hard question because they're not an indigenous species and they are you know, wrecking the environment. And as a horse owner and horse lover, like it does break my heart to see all these like terrible roundup videos where they're shooting them. And, um, but the, you know, they don't really have a lot of natural predators, uh, cause there, there's nothing bigger than them really out there on the plains. That's true. Um, and so they just, they're destroying the environment. And I, it pains me to say that because I love horses so much. I think that, um, the best thing to do is to round them up and sterilize, like geld a lot of the stallions because they are a symbol of our American West. And I can't imagine like I go on this cattle drive up at Bitterroot Ranch in Wyoming every year. And it's like one of my favorite places in the world. And they have a couple of wild horse horse herds up in the national forest there. And we were lucky enough. To, I was actually lucky enough a couple of weeks ago when I went to see them. Yeah. And it's really cool to be out on horseback and look look over the ridge and see like the stallion with his mares galloping over and it's it's not something I want to see disappear but it definitely really really needs to be controlled and all the animal rights hardcore activists are like no you can't kill the horses but you know what they're if you if they're not if it's not handled they're all going to starve to death absolutely and so so are everything else yeah I mean it, 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 that's like anything anything needs controlled population like. It's almost... Especially people. I was going to say, it's almost (laughs) sad that we can't do that with human population because there are way too many fucking people in the world. And you know what? Most of them suck. I can think of a lot of places I'd like to, you know, shoot some people with darts and cut some balls off. Florida. You said it, not me. Oh, Egypt's not happy. Egypt is from Florida. Well, lives in Florida. Yeah, you're not, not from there. You're not from there. Actually, you should be you should be team ball cutting off Florida right now. Anyway, you actually have to deal with these idiots. They're all in the way, people. But I love the weather down there because it's like 90 degrees right now, and everywhere else in the country is like 40. 
We wouldn't cut your balls off. Thank you, I need those. <laughs> I wouldn't say you need those, but whatever, man. Nobody needs them. <laughs> It'd just be weird if we didn't have them. Could you imagine? Dicks without balls? Yeah, we moved there. We're there. <laughs> Think about it. Dicks without balls. Oh God, I don't know. What, weird. what do I do with my hands? Yeah. If the dick is in my mouth, what do I do with my hands? <laughs> I'd like be patting myself on the head or, oh, I can play with my own boobs. I don't know. Like, what What do I do with my hands? I think I, think I broke Stormy with that one. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I really can't get my head around this. I know. I'm serious, too. Like, it's, it's a really fucked up thought. But, um, man, wouldn't the world be a lot better? Speaking so... of speaking of balls and dicks, we were at, when we were at the sex expo. Uh, there was a company there that had some of the coolest sex toys I've ever seen. And it was a company called Dame, and I am an asshole and I can't remember the two women who started the company's names. I hope that we can have them on eventually because they were just incredible. But yeah. it was it was a company started by two women, one of which um, graduated from MIT with like a engineering degree and she actually like figures out how to make the things do the things that they do and the other girl uh graduated from columbia uh i think like human sexuality something something cool that i'm probably getting wrong but you combine these two women and they started this company called dame and they have the coolest like i've seen a lot of sex toys um i've put my name on a lot of them i i've broken more than i count um not usually i'm not actually full disclosure here <laughs> No pun intended. Um, I'm not really a big fan of sex toys, uh, but these things are really cool, and you should go to their site and check it out. Um, pull up their site, or somebody Google that. Um, and it's oh, thank you. That was fast. Yeah. Okay. So their names are Janet Lieberman and Alexandra Fine, uh, and they are just amazing. And let's see. I guess their website's probably just Dame Products, it looks like. Um, but they are just incredible. And they gave me this one that's uh, called Finn. Like, all, that's the other thing is all of their sex toys have really cute little names. Finn, like? Like Finger. A, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Short for Finger because it, it connects to your finger. I, I thought it was short for Finnish, like the French version of finished yeah okay so their their toys are called they have the eva 2 the palm which fits in the palm their their names are so good um the pillow which is a sex pillow which they didn't have at the show i'm kind of curious about that one um they they have this aloe lube which is really great um Ooh. that they wanted me to try but since we have our own lube coming out conflicting conflicting um uh, but yeah i took the one called finn because uh, it fits on your finger and she was saying, yeah, it's really great for masturbation. Like, obviously, you can hold it on your clit while you have sex, penetrative sex, and it's not so big it gets in the way. Like, if you have, like, a long vibrator and you're trying to – and it, like, hooks on your finger because I don't know how many times I drop vibrators all the time. Um, yeah, but she said that the best part about it was that the shape and size and the um, material, which is – I don't know how to describe it. Just buy one and tell them I sent you. Um, it's great to hook on your fingers while you give somebody a blowjob. I, I, I remember and cup the balls. Yeah, I remember seeing the design's really unique. I mean, I'm I obviously am not into toys, but it was really cool. And the conversation that we had about just their whole story, their processes. Um, yeah, we we've got to get them on. Yeah, no, it was sure. really cool. And I need to find a dick to suck so I can try this out because I'm failing miserably in that department and I'm very bitter about it. I, I can't help you there. I'm convinced that that Egypt has secretly put out some sort of like post that I don't know about, where he's threatened to shoot any guy who <laughs> <laughs> who says yes. I will shoot your fucking dick off. Yeah, it's like when Brandon and Travis, uh, my old bodyguards, were with us and they walked in on me having sex one time, and poor poor Travis was so <laughs> so shocked. I just remember him screaming. <laughs> She's an angel. I'm not an angel. She's an angel. Get her off of you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear God. You still haven't come to grips with the fact that I have a working vagina. I just, I don't know. I mean, it's just weird. Okay.
Okay, so enough of that. Yeah. I think we should just answer some more questions because we have a whole bunch now. Let's do it. Okay. And I haven't seen these because at first, when we first started doing the podcast, I would go through the questions in advance and like write them out and really think about the answers. But I'm kind of better just on the fly and I like to be surprised. Um, I, I like I like surprises too. I mean, at this point in, in the oh. game, I, I don't think either of us really get surprised by anything That's anymore. That's true so. too. All right, let's see here. Let's do it. Uh, oh gosh. Apparently this person has been living under a rock, uh, Michael McConnell. Although we never know if that's the real names on Twitter, of course. At least I hope it's not their real names. When, when is your book coming out? If a movie is ever made about the, down, the downfall of, the, of this president, would you play yourself? Okay, first of all. Uh, can, can I answer this one? Yeah, you go for it. So um, a year ago, two days ago, today is the fifth that we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't typically like time stamping, but for the sake of um, answering this the most accurate way I possibly can, it has been 367 days since the book has been released. That's right. And it's been a New York Times bestseller for 360 of those days. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, yeah, pick it up, man. You can pick it up from a show or Amazon or pretty much anywhere that you could buy a fucking book. Yeah, and it's called? It is called full disclosure that's right and the second part is would you play yourself absolutely not why would i want to li- relive that it's like uh i think i already have like post-traumatic stress more importantly why would you want someone to uh, i don't know like would you be okay with somebody playing you and, and like seeing someone relive that for you or would you just rather put it to bed no pun intended and not just not experience it again um, I think I would leave it to a professional actress. Really? Yeah. Would you watch it? No. I don't know that I could bring myself to watch it either. Like <laughs> no. I wasn't even there when when you experienced that no. that tragic scenario. But the worst I, ninety seconds of I, anyone's life I, ever. I literally like I, I've gone my entire life uh, the eleven well the eleven years that I've known you I've gone my that entire span not seeing you in those kind of positions. So I, I can honestly say that I don't know that. I could bring myself to watch a movie about your life. Yeah. It, it probably just pissed me Most off. Most importantly, who would, who would play you? That's what I really want to know. Who would play me? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I, fuck. I don't know. I, I kind of I kind of want to know, though. Uh, okay, so moving on. There's another question. When did you realize you had a knack for comedy? I don't think I've realized it yet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, this bitch has always been funny. I don't know. Let's see. Um, in all honesty, the doing the comedy clubs wasn't originally meant to be comedy. Um, someone who worked for me said, you know, you should do more of these speaking engagements. Like there's so many people who want to see you and meet you and hear what you have to say, but aren't comfortable necessarily coming to a strip club. And He's like, uh, it's a good way to promote your book, and you can just tell the stories about the things that were cut out of the book, and you know, you you're pretty quick on your feet and witty. And he's the one that convinced me to do it. And the first one, I was literally par- like paralyzed with fear. Um, but I it got that. it got a good reaction. And I don't, I don't do comedy like a stand up comic. Like I don't write jokes necessarily, um, and I don't even really remember what I say. I just kind of go up there and tell stories. I don't think I'm a comedian. I think I'm a good storyteller. Uh, I, I would I would agree with that. I, I, um, it's it's definitely more about the storytelling content. Um, it, it's, it's hard for me to explain like even with I mean even with friends um, it, it, you tend to you tend to refer to it as a stand-up show but it's it's not it's it's more than that it's definitely a it's a storytelling event but i feel like you undersell it no matter what direction you try to explain it because if you try to sell it as an uh, as a storytelling event it really just kind of cuts shy on the comedic value but then if you oversell it as a well not oversell it but if you sell it or rebrand it as a stand-up show it's it's not really the same because you actually get real life Stories and information, and yeah. I mean, you to work in the porn business for as long as I have, you kind of have to have a sense of humor, anyway. True that <laughs> shit. Um, let's see. 
Somebody says, uh, is there a performer you looked up to when you got into the business? Um, to be honest, no. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, I, like no, and that sounds kind of shitty, but no. Um, there were directors I looked up to. I was a big fan of Brad Armstrong, who directed Dream Quest, which is the movie that made me want to do porn. Um, and Michael Raven, who was just such a great um, like visual director. Right. Um, but I think that my idol is Suze Randall. She's so talented and such a great director and just gives zero fucks. What a talented family. I know the whole family's I'm, talented. I'm just it's super fucking ahead. annoying. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Yeah, her son's an attorney. Her daughter is a like famous photographer and director now. Her husband writes novels. Yeah. Like, it's just like, really? You talented, amazing fucking people. Adopt me. <laughs> uh, What's next? Let's see. Oh, this is so generic, and I've answered it a million times. But Randy Bowser wants to know, what is your favorite sexual position? Standing doggy in the shower with my right leg up. okay uh let's see here uh i'm as fucked as this is and obviously i'm not picturing you i'm just trying to piece this extended i mean that's that's that almost sounds like a starbucks order it does (laughs) it's so specific standing doggy with my right foot up in the shower triple Fucking non-fat soy latte on my face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. Would you like to, uh, Sadie wants to know? Would you like to come to my cruise Mardi Gras ball? Um, Where? Well, it's a crew Mardi Gras ball, so that's New Orleans. Oh, so, well, that's that's your no. It dep- well, I have a question. Which crew? Oh shit! So Sadie, get back to me, and then I'll answer. And am I invited? <laughs> right. If you ever retire, what is the probability that you'll be back in your hometown? Zero. Uh, which? What, what are they referring to hometown? Probably Baton Rouge. Oh, yeah. No, fuck that. No, my mother lives there. There's no fucking way I'm going back there. I wouldn't go back there if your mother didn't live there. That's like asking me if I want to get a cot, you know, if I want to get bunk beds with Trump. I would, have, I would get bunk beds with Trump before I moved back in anywhere near my mother. Would you live in Florida before you lived in? Absolutely. It's a tough one. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, Nova Scotia, when? Okay, so every every time I post dates or a schedule, people say, oh, when are you coming here or when are you going there? It's really annoying if I actually just left that place. <laughs> or if it's like next week and they just haven't looked at your schedule. Right. So for anyone asking where I'm going to be. My schedule is literally like the second you type in stormydaniels.com. Like it's the first thing you see. And there is absolutely no nudity or porn on stormydaniels.com. So, uh, you don't have to worry about getting in trouble by looking at it. Um, and it should be through all your filters now, but I also regularly, uh, post my schedule on Instagram and whatnot. But here's something people don't usually know when they ask, not just me, but their favorite, feature dancers, porn stars, comedians, musicians. We don't pick where we go. It's not like I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and be like, hey, Dwayne, let's go play Pittsburgh. Like, let's go to Miami. It doesn't work like that. So if you really want to see your favorite performer, no matter what genre or industry they're in, the best thing to do, well, at least I am most familiar with strippers, obviously, feature dancers. The best advice I can give you is call the club, your nearest club that you know has that kind of entertainment and ask to see them go to the club ask to speak to a manager ask them to book lexi bell or stormy daniels or julia ann or whoever it is you want to see and if you're super smart you'll get all your friends to do the same thing absolutely and i've actually had this work before i have had fans create a movement and bring me to their city um but i do we do not pick where we go we must be booked um and the clubs will know how to reach us, and there's email addresses on my website and whatever. Um, so I would love to go to Nova Scotia. It's up to you, Chris Ross, to get me there. You and your friends. That's right. Do it. Um, let's see here. Colleen wants to know, how has the industry coped with the availability of free adult scenes and short clips anywhere, anytime? I wonder how an adult 
How an entire adult movie can compete economically with that. It can't. <laughs> That's why the big companies such as like Vivid um, and Metro and VCA, well, Vivid, I'm sorry, um, VCA and Metro are completely out of business now. Uh, Vivid doesn't even make features anymore. They, you know, mostly make celebrity sex tapes and comps. Um, Wicked, who's the company that I worked for for 17 years that made what I believe to be the best features, their budgets are less than half what they were when I worked there just a year and a half ago. Um, so the answer is it can't compete. The The bad part about this is, I harp on it all the time, is intellectual property rights. If I walked into a place and stole a table, I would go to jail. But I can go on and steal your song. For those that don't know, Dwayne used to be the bass player of a band called Royal Bliss. So I can go online and steal a song and nobody gives a fuck. But if I go into the convenience store and steal a candy bar, I'm going to get in trouble. And I just have a really hard time with the fact that tangible property is valued more than intellectual property. And because of that, porn sucks now. You get what you pay for and you're not paying for it, so you get shit. Congratulations. Well, you also get a lot of really crappy music. I, you, yeah, you beat me to it. <laughs> you also get a lot of shitty bands because, well, nobody can fucking sustain anymore because you cheap fucks don't buy any music. I mean, right. maybe not you specifically, whoever's listening, but um, a lot of people don't buy music anymore. And Yeah. Yeah. I, but I will... This, this I, could be... This actually should be a whole podcast. It should be a whole podcast. So we'll, we'll stop here, but I will throw... On the flip side of that, the only pro about these clips is that a lot of the performers are producing them themselves on clips for sale. But the key to that is for sale, I guess, um, and webcamming, which gives the power to the performer, which I'm a fan of. But I, I am too. Not but... at the not at the price of stealing content. So, so the question is, as a musician, um, should I just sell? clips and webcam and show people my butthole for money yes <laughs> the, the pause uh okay so this isn't a question but it's fucking brilliant so i'm gonna i'm gonna read it anyway uh this is you are here as a screen name but <laughs> and they preface it with more like a statement and they say uh more like a statement would you make a cookbook and please call it the art of the meal good the cover is you in nothing but a 1950s cooking apron holding a wire whip and a wooden spoon thank you so i i am working on this like cookbook idea with a friend of mine and this is actually a kind of a better title than the one we even had which was blowjobs and casseroles (laughs) this is amazing but i kind of like this yeah um anyway pretty funny let's see here uh Oh, gosh, this is a hard one. Crash Kitten wants to know, what is the moment that defined you? Not the actress, not the fame, but the powerful woman inside. I don't think there is a powerful woman inside. It's kind of the opposite. The powerful woman lives on the outside. On the inside, I'm a broken, hot mess. (laughs) (laughs) Who just cries about her ex-boyfriend every day. No, Um, no. The moments that def- I can tell you that the moment that defined me as in my career, though, that's a very, very distinct moment for me. Um, I had been in the adult industry for about a year, and I was performing and writing already. And the scripts that I wrote, I was selling to other directors. And we had some really fantastic directors that worked at Wicked Pictures. But anytime you hand your script over to someone else, it's still going to be their interpretation of what you wrote. And when I write movies, they play in my mind like they've already been shot. And so it's never go- what's in my head is never going to be in one another director's head. And this is back when people actually paid for porn, going back to that whole intellectual property value thing. And I convinced the owner of Wicked Pictures that I knew what I was doing to let me direct a movie. So I wrote a script called One Night in Vegas, and it stars my friend Kaylani Lay. And I directed it. And I really kind of only did it to prove to myself that I could do it. I didn't think I, I, didn't think I was going to be a director or really want to be a director. Um, I just wanted to know if for once I could take what was in my head to paper to screen. And I didn't know what I was doing. 
so my, my crew was really awesome. They were helping. I had the vision in my head. I just didn't have the skills and the technical knowledge yet. Um, but I remember very distinctly that the very first day, about halfway through the day, I was standing at the top of the staircase in this big, beautiful mansion that we were shooting at. And it was a big scene with some extras and everyone was looking up at me and I was, you know, giving the cameraman, okay, you're going to, you're going to stand here. And when I call action, you're going to go here. And when this person hits this mark, you're going to go here and then you're going to say your line here. So I'm like literally telling 20 people what to do about halfway through my first day as a director. I was fucking petrified. But everyone's looking up at me, and I'm giving all this direction. And then I had this moment where I was like, <laughs> I am God. I am the puppet master. Everyone has to do what I say. That's fucking terrifying. And like, like anything has changed. But after that like moment passed, I was like, this is what I'm meant to do. Because all through high school and middle school, when they have career days and this and that and colleges come, I had no fucking idea what I was going to do with my life. But it was in that moment. I still don't. We know. But it was in that moment that I was like, this is what I was meant to do. And I finished the movie and turned it in. And they loved it so much that two weeks later, they added directing to my contract. And now I've directed 115 movies. (laughs) And five music videos. Dope. Even though you've never let me direct one of your music videos. I didn't have control over that. That was that was not my thing. We can we can take that up with the um, we can take that up with the uh, HR department. Um, but I guess you know I think as a as a human being, maybe even more so as a woman, and I always hate to play that card. You know that. Um, there's probably a lot of defining moments. There's you know the moment when you, I became a mom, uh, the moment I moved out of my house. You know when I left home when I was 17. The moment I was brave enough and took my top off on stage for the first time. Um, And the moment where I was sitting in that hotel room and they said, you're going to sign this. And I thought to myself, fuck it. Fuck Trump. Fuck Cohen. I'm not going to keep my mouth shut anymore. You're not going to bully me. And, you know, went on the Jimmy Kimmel show and was like, nope, that's not what happened. So there's a bunch of defining moments, I think. I don't know if I can necessarily narrow it down to one. Uh Sorry if that's not the answer that you were looking for. Um, <laughs> uh, somebody says, what is the point of fingerless gloves? So you can eat french fries? I don't know. Uh, I don't you, think they have a point. You it's can, a fashion statement. Same with high heels. You can do a lot of things with fingerless gloves. Um, play guitar. Ah, see, there you go. Uh, women can masturbate. I'm supposed to take the fingers off my gloves to do that. I mean, you I've been uh, doing it wrong the whole time. I don't. I don't give a fuck how you do it because because I don't do it right. Not, it's not my fucking yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not my thing. But um, I don't know. There's whatever. so many questions here about Trump's dick. I just can never get my head around that. Um, Read the goddamn book, you lazy fucks. I know it's all in the book. Jesus, it's in the book. It's also on Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> Yes, that's like that. Literally, I have like 17 questions about the president's penis. I don't know. Definitely don't ask the first lady because she hasn't seen that shit in years. <laughs> then again, Trump probably hasn't seen that shit in years either. <laughs> Fucking uh, pot bellied piece of shit. What? What is this? <laughs> I don't know. I wish I could see what you're scrolling I, through. I, I, I have to hit that later. Well. Okay, I think we have time for one more before I have to go take my clothes off for money. Okay. <laughs> and you have to catch my clothes as I take them off for money. Panty wrangler. Panty wrangler. Um, okay. Somebody asked me about... Let's see here. The other day, you put up a tweet that said, at least I'm not pretending to be classy like a Kardashian. Why are you bashing other women? Okay, first of all, <clears throat> the... The word I was focusing on was pretending because I don't pretend to be anything I'm not. Like, I pretty much own my, my whoredom and my white trashdom. And there is a backstory. I wouldn't just randomly attack somebody. Uh, several years ago, I was at the, a red carpet event. It was the 20th anniversary of the E! Channel. And I was on the red carpet and Kim Kardashian was there. Let me preface everything bad I'm going to say by saying that fucking bitch is beautiful in person. Like, she was so pretty it hurt to look at her face. 
Like, she's flawless. I mean, she's pretty on TV, but when you see her in person, it's incredible. So, we're on the red carpet, and we're taking photos, and I'm trying not to be a creep and look at her. And somebody's like, oh, can I get a picture of you and her? And she stepped towards me, and somebody whispered in her ear who I was, and she goes, ooh, and wouldn't take a picture with me. And I was like, bitch, I don't have the number one selling DVD on avn.com right now. That's you. We're both porn stars. Her movie, her what is what is the name of her movie? I don't know. I, I never saw it. Her movie with Reggie, like her her porn movie. Sure. It was number one and stayed number one on all the porn charts for weeks. I had a movie in the top ten too, but it was like number seven or eight. And she refused to take a picture with me. I was like, Really? Like, don't act like you weren't invited here because you're famous because your porn got leaked. <laughs> you're, you're, like, you're famous because you got fucked on film. Just like me. You're famous because you got fucked on film. Yes, There's exactly. literally no, no difference, difference other than the fact that she capitalized on it. Other than the fact that her mom is way smarter than my mom. And her dad is now her mom. Wow. Okay, so on that, I think we're going to wrap this shit up. <laughs> I'm not hating. I'm totally okay with it. I'm just saying, like, it, th- that was a thing that, like... Yes, exactly. I mean, fuck, come on. Like, every little bullshit fucking thing yeah. that that family's oh, been Oh, and I love, I love that they try to pretend that her sex tape was leaked or stolen. It wasn't leaked. No, you cannot release that without something called 2257, which is the paper re- required to release an adult film. It's all kinds. She signed off on it. There's Vivid, I know Vivid and the owner, and they would not release a single clip from a sex movie without proper documentation for 2257 and i encourage anyone to look up 2257 that's right fuck you kim you lying ass bitch i I would fuck her i'd fuck her too but i'm just saying like she's doesn't make her a fucking an awesome person i mean look at tommy lauren (laughs) oh bigot barbie fucking bigot barbie she's beautiful if she'd shut the fuck up. I gave a quote the other day about her and they I don't think they print it. I don't think they would print it. <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm going to print this. Yeah. So. Anyway. All right. Well, um anyone else you want to talk shit about before we Uh I don't know. You you got to you want to open Twitter and just see who fucking pops up. <laughs> I'm on a roll. Let's do this shit. Fuck people. Also uh Fuck bitches, get money. Get money. Let's go to the strip club. Tommy's thing. Go look at titties. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to Taking the World by Stormy. For information, tour dates, and merch, visit stormydaniels.com. To have Stormy send a personal video message to someone you love or hate, go to cameo.com forward slash stormydaniels. You can find exclusive uncensored pics and clips from the podcast on Stormy's OnlyFans page. And for those brave enough, follow Stormy at twitter.com forward slash Stormy Daniels. Thanks for listening to Taking the World by Stormy.